He is risen. He is risen indeed. Happy Resurrection Sunday, or as many people might greet you today, Happy Easter. Welcome to all of you with us this morning and to those who are watching this on our YouTube channel. Today we celebrate the most significant day in the Christian calendar. For without what happened today nearly 2,000 years ago, we would have nothing to celebrate and we would not be able to call ourselves Christians, disciples or apprentices of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is so special about today, you may ask? Before we get there, let's just recap what has happened to Jesus in the days preceding today. Jesus came into Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover, which he did, in what we now know as the Last Supper. He then went into the Garden of Gethsemane to pray, and this is where he is betrayed by Judas, one of his twelve disciples. He is taken to the high priest and the Sanhedrin. While he is there, Peter denies knowing him three times. Jesus is then taken before Pontius Pilate, being falsely accused by the Pharisees who call for him to be crucified. Pilate sends him to Herod as he can find no just cause for him to be tried. Herod sends Jesus back to Pilate because he's innocent. And Pilate washes his hands of the death of Jesus, yet condemns him to be flogged and crucified to prevent a riot in Jerusalem. Jesus is nailed to the cross, hanging between two convicts. He cries out a number of times before he dies. He's taken down from the cross and his body is given to Joseph of Arimathea, who places him in a new, unused tomb. He lays in that tomb till Sunday morning. This is where we start today. So, what is so special about today? Let's find out as we look at the resurrection account. I'm going to read some of the account from Matthew's Gospel and then the rest from the Gospel of John. Matthew chapter 28 verses 1 to 8. After the Sabbath, at the dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you so. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Continuing the account in John chapter 20, verses 3 to 22. 
So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to him, to her, Mary, she turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them, that he had said these things to her. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his sides. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. How many times have we heard or read the resurrection account? For some of us, numerous. Too many to remember. How many messages have you heard of the, res of the resurrection? Numerous too, I suspect. Now for some, this might be the first time. No matter which one it is for you, it is a story we can hear over and over again. And the power of it never diminishes because it is true. Now as a preacher, you want to try and find something fresh each year as you preach on this Sunday. And as I was pondering on my message for today... I thought about speaking about how the stone was rolled away, not to let the light into the dark tomb for the disciples to see in, 
but for Jesus, who is the light of the world, to be led out. I thought that would be something quite different. It wasn't something I'd ever spoken on or heard someone else speak on before. But then I read the accounts in the four Gospels. And I realized one thing. Jesus was already out of the tomb when the angel rolled the stone away. So that was why I had never heard a message around that theme. So what to speak on now? God showed me three things to speak about today. Firstly, the sealed tomb and locked room. Secondly, Mary looking for the body of Jesus. And thirdly, the folded burial cloth. So first up, the stone was rolled away to allow the disciples to see in and realize that Jesus was no longer in the tomb. Death could not detain him. The tomb could not contain him. No walls of rock could constrain him. He is alive. When Jesus conquered death, and stepped out of the tomb, he did not need the entrance to be opened for him to do that. When Jesus appeared to his fearful disciples, cowering away in a locked room, he did not need the door open for him to get in. No rock tomb nor locked room can stop Jesus. There is no surface hard enough or strong enough to prevent Jesus from getting through, whether to get out or get in. How many people do you know who have hard hearts towards God and to the good news of Jesus Christ? They seem impossible to reach with the gospel. No matter how many times you speak to them about Jesus or share stories of what God has done for you and for others, they are just not interested. They seem unreachable, living behind a solid wall to keep them from the reach of Jesus. Can I encourage you today by telling you that they are not unreachable? Do not give up on them. Keep praying for them. Keep loving them. Keep on keeping on with them. Or maybe it is you. You think you are too far gone for God to love you. You have done too many bad things in your life. You are beyond the reach of the love of God. You've got blood on your hands. You've got hatred in your heart. You have cheated too many people. Or whatever it is that you have done. If that is you, you are not beyond the love of God and the forgiveness that Jesus died to offer to you. In fact, you are exactly the reason Jesus came to earth. You are the one he was flogged and crucified for. When Jesus cried out on the cross, it is finished. He was speaking about breaking the hold of sin and the destruction it causes in your life and in mine. Jesus died to deal with my sin. He took the punishment I deserved and he gave me his freedom. He wants to do the same for you.
If you are being held captive by your actions, both past and present, Jesus came to set you free. This is Jesus speaking in Luke chapter 4 verse 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. If you are a prisoner to your past actions and or your past lifestyle, Jesus came to set you free. No one is beyond the reach and the love of God, no matter how hard and unresponsive to the gospel a person they might seem to be. God got hold of Saul, hell-bent on destroying the early church by persecuting the disciples of Jesus and turned him into Paul, an apostle who impacted most of the known world in his lifetime and wrote nearly two-thirds of the New Testament. There are many people today who have dramatic stories to tell of how God came into their lives and turned them around completely. Most of them will tell you of the person or persons who never gave up on them and continued to reach out to them with the love of God. Never give up on anyone, no matter how hard their heart might seem to be. There are others whose story does not seem to be so dramatic. But it is their story to tell of how Jesus impacted their life and changed them from being a sinner heading for hell to becoming a saint destined for heaven. Again, many of them will tell you of that person that persisted with them until they surrendered their life to Jesus Christ. Have you got a story to tell of how God turned your life around? Or are you still walking your own path? Do you want your story of Jesus Christ changing your life? Ask Him to come into your life as your Lord and Savior and give your life over to Him. Let Him be in control of your life. This Resurrection Sunday, let us remember this about Jesus. Death could not detain Him. The tomb could not contain Him. No walls of rock could constrain Him. He is alive. Do you feel like you are in a sealed tomb or a locked room and are beyond the reach of the love of God? Don't be afraid. He can break through the hardest of hearts and change them completely. He can turn around the most difficult of situations and bring new life to what looks hopeless or dead. Secondly, maybe you're like Mary, searching for the body of Jesus, but don't know where to start. There are many lost people in the world who are searching Many not sure what they are searching for, but they know that there has to be more to life 
than what they are experiencing now. They are lost but searching. We, the church, who are the body of Christ, need to be like Jesus outside the tomb and speak to those who are searching. They need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ before they can respond to Him and know that it is He who they have been searching for all this time. If we do not speak to those who do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, how are they going to find Him? As Jesus said to the disciples in the locked room, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. We have been commissioned to go and preach, to go and be, to go and share the good news of Jesus Christ to all peoples. Pray that they will be like Mary and respond like her and cry out to Jesus. If you are like Mary, searching for Jesus, be assured he knows your name. Speak to him and he will answer you. Lastly, I want to speak briefly about the folded burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. When Peter finally arrived at the empty tomb, he didn't stand outside like John did, but he went into the tomb. Scripture tells us that he saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Most of us just read that as that there were two lots of cloth. The linen strips that had been around the body and the cloth that had been around his head. That's what we read. That's what we see. That's what we understand. But to a Jewish reader who John was writing to, a Jewish reader of that time, there's a significance in the cloth being folded and set apart. At the time of Jesus, when a Jewish man was at the dinner table, he would have his napkin or his serviette, whatever you want to call it, and would use it as needed. When he was finished eating, he would get up from the table and just leave the napkin crumpled up on the table. But if for some reason he had to leave the dinner table, he would fold his napkin and place it neatly on the table as a sign to the servants that he had not completed the meal and that he would be returning. When Jesus left the folded cloth in the tomb, it is a sign to us, to you and to me, that he is returning. He is presently seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven, interceding on our behalf. But he will return to come and complete what he started. We are not sure when that will be. Only Father God knows. But we need to be doing what Jesus told us to do. Go and make disciples of all nations until he returns. So remember... No person is too far from God or their heart too hard for him to reach them. If you are searching for God, he knows your name. Call to him and he will hear you and he will answer you. 
Lastly, Jesus is going to return. He is coming back for us, the church, his bride. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, what a wonderful day we celebrate today. Resurrection Sunday, the day that changed the world. The day that defines who Jesus really is. He was not a liar. He was not deceived and mad. But he is the son of the living God who came to earth as a babe, born in a stable, lived as a man, walked this earth, healed the sick, gave sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, made the lame walk, lepers were healed. He demonstrated your love like no other. He demonstrated that he is your son. He is our Lord and our Savior. And then he went to the cross, a sinless man, and took our sin. And died for me and for you, for everyone, for this world. Your love, Father, is so great that you sent your son to die. And he lay in that tomb. But he conquered death and he rose. And today we can celebrate Resurrection Sunday. Jesus is alive. And we thank you for that. Jesus is alive. And we praise you for that. Jesus is alive. And he is coming back for us, his bride, his church. Thank you, Lord, for making this day possible. For your resurrection power poured into Jesus is that same power that is poured into us through your Holy Spirit. That gives us the power to speak and see things happen. To heal the sick. To raise the dead. For the lame to walk, the, the deaf to hear the blind to see that same power you've given to us, that same authority you've given to us. And I say thank you, Father, for that. You've said to us to go and make disciples, and I pray now, Father, you will help us to do that through the strength of your Holy Spirit in us. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Amen.